I was an orphan when I was eight years old. I was uh, homeless when I was 18 years old. And so for people like me who don't have families, it takes people like Gary Vee and his appreciation for his father and his family and living that life gives people like me a lot of hope. And for me, I come from a different perspective. I said I was an orphan. I don't have a father. I don't have a mother. Hearing all these people really credit their fathers and their families. I have a 13 and a half year old daughter. She lives with us. She's a stepmom. And hearing Gary and Jesse and all these people, you know, Lisa Leslie, everybody just talking about their parents really makes me realize the kids mean so much. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Welcome back. Part two of my exclusive econ coverage from Minneapolis this past May. For the second episode, I want to showcase what BeFriends is all about, the people. And we love our Aussie energy here on the podcast. I want to kick things off with my talk with Simon, who I met over at the Commons on Thursday, a gentleman who embodies the all-in, diamond-handed spirit of the hardcore NFTers. And here's what Simon sold. <laughs> Check out what Simon had to sell. Simon says he sold something to get his first friend. Say that 10 times fast. Here we go. All right, what's up? I love telling the story of uh, how people acquired their first friend. So I'd love if you could just introduce yourself, tell us where you're from. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. My name's Simon. Uh, bought my first V friends on the back of selling a car. Uh, what kind of car was that? It was a Ford Falcon, and they're very popular in Australia. It was 13 years old. It was my pride and joy, and I got $25,000 for the car. So he gets $25,000 for the car. And his wife was probably like, all right, we have bills to pay, we have other expenses, but no. What did he do with that money? Well, I chip in another 3000 and I buy my first NFT, which was a V Friend Series 1. And which one did you get? The Wild Wallaby. Of course he got it, because he's from Melbourne, he's from Australia, of course. Folks, this is real. I can't wait for you guys to see the video of this. Bringing people together. Minneapolis, VCon 2020. As you might have noticed, we live in a pretty weird world where many people are forming relationships online before they ever even meet in person. And all you eHarmony haters out there from back in the day are real quiet now. Anyway, I know our next guest from the LinkedIn streets and finally got a chance to meet for an in real life meetup. Here's what that sounded like with my dude, Liam. Check it out. I have a special guest here while we kind of listen to Jim Quick in one ear. Uh, the original Unpod Squad. He wasn't a founding member. He was a member that kind of jammed his way into it somehow. Liam Darmody in the house. It's good to meet you in person, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? It's great to see you as well, Paz. In the flesh. I love it. This is amazing. And this, is, this, will, be your, this will be your third time on the podcast? Uh, is it second, I think. The first time I was super nervous, super anxious. I was like super intimidated. I was like, who is this guy? And now I know that you're just awesome and we're, we're on Pod Squad. I'm on Pod Squad. Uh, I'm I'm glad you made it through the hailstorm that uh, diverted a lot of planes through Duluth and other random Midwest cities over here. But we're here. We're here now. Who are you excited to hear speak? Aside from Gary Vee, who, who spoke about 15 minutes ago. Uh, I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm excited for the entire lineup. I just I feel like there's so much that I can learn. Uh, I hope that I run into Fuocious because he's pretty amazing. Uh, I saw him walking around over here. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I don't have a favorite, really. Honestly, I haven't thought about it. I'm just stoked to be here. Kind of surreal. So let, let's talk about that for a moment here. You kind of went on a whim. You didn't. I mean, you know me, Manuel. But you're doing this on your own. Is that something that you're naturally inclined to do, or did you push yourself out of your comfort zone to come to a giant conference like this by yourself? You know, it's interesting. I didn't think twice about it when I started, but then after I did it, I started to think about like, holy shit, like I'm going to a conference for four days by myself. Like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to talk to? I don't know anybody. And immediately upon walking into the welcome party last night, somebody I saw that I was standing by myself, bought me a beer, like just randomly was like, hey man, what do you want? I, I see you're here solo. Like, what's your name? And like introduce themselves. Everybody's super friendly, which is exactly what he wants us to be. Right. And I think that's really amazing thing about the community. And I'm looking forward to meeting more people. It's a very unconference, and that's what I like about it. I mean, I've been to NFT Week in New York and Miami, and it's very billionaire broy bro. And this is not it. It's for the people. Everyone wants to be here, and, and he's really embodying the characters. Um, what do you hope to get out of this conference? Final question. Uh, I want to meet a lot of fantastic people that I continue to build relationships with going back like LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever. Uh, and uh, just really sort of get even deeper in this community myself. Because uh, my biggest regret is not buying the first one. Mine too. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. But you know what? I got the second one and I'm here and we all just got one for showing up. And that was the ultimate hope. Uh, it's amazing. So I gotta download that after. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'm looking forward to hanging with you a little bit too, man. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a drink later on today after I get some coffee in me, and uh, I am I am loaded up on uh, allergy pills and um, and uh, Excedrin, the breakfast of champions. So let's do it, Con day one. My next guest was a huge win, and actually the creator of the very first NFT I ever purchased. You might know him from the Landmark YouTube show and the content powerhouse over at Impact Theory, or maybe you've seen him on stage at NFT and Comic Book Studios with Mr. Steve Aoki. Without further ado. My chat with Mr. Tom Bilyeu. I'm with the man himself, Tom Bilyeu. Pleasure to meet you again. It's a pleasure to meet you again. Um, what are we wrapping about today here at VCon? Today, I'm going to be talking on stage with Steve Aoki. So he and I have worked on some uh, Web3 stuff previously, and then we've got some cool stuff coming as well. Uh, and then hopefully getting a chance just to talk about my thesis on Web3, which I think is very different than the prevailing narrative. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it's important that people start thinking about this a little bit differently if we actually want to scale. What do you think the greatest misconception in the general public right now is about not just Web3, let's just specifically NFTs. Do you think NFTs are giving Web3 as a whole a bad name, a bad rap? I don't think it's giving it a bad rap at all, but I think right now the energy is all around financial. They think of it as, as an asset class, which I think is, is a fundamental mistake in the long run. That's a component of what this is going to be. But I think people really have to understand, uh, like looking at it through the lens of what does the technology make possible in entertainment, for instance. So, but ultimately you just have to have, people have to want to hold the NFT. And if all you have are NFTs that people want to trade, it's over, right? So right. think about a company, right? At some point, the company actually has to make something that people care about the product. And so, right, exactly. Right now, every, not everything, but so much of what's going on in NFTs mirrors like high-end fashion. Right. And there's only going to be a small handful of high-end fashion brands at any one time that can sustain on hype alone. So we need to see people creating something where people just want to hold that asset because it gives them something by holding it rather than just money for trading it. That's excellent. And for anyone who doesn't know, my, my first NFT ever was the Impact Theory. What is the, the next phase of Impact Theory for, for us holders? Project Kaizen. Project Kaizen. That, that's going to be, people will understand what I mean when I say NFTs by their nature 
are what I call signaling molecules. So it's a term borrowed from biology where when you eat something, it's not just fats, proteins, carbohydrates. It's a carbohydrate tells your body to do one thing. Protein tells your body to do another thing. And so when you understand that you can put something in a system and the system goes, oh, the mere presence of that thing makes me react in this predefined way. That to me is what NFTs have to become so that the holding of it creates this whole new experience. And if people make those experiences dope and the NFTs really matter, now you'll get a thriving secondary market because people are like, oh, I've had the experience based on that NFT. I now want to have the experience based on this NFT. And it creates something that they want, which is that that there's value in the exchange, but the value in the exchange ha has to be because the having of it was so profound. Tom, last question. What advice, my, my 10 year old daughter is getting into the NFT space. I'm showing her the way. For all the kids out there, what advice would you give them as they enter into this sometimes scary, overwhelming world? Take it slow, learn, have fun, only buy things you wanna own. Don't buy things because you think they're gonna go up in value. That is a super dangerous game and you're competing against the best in the world. So yeah, just like in the stock market, don't try to day trade NFTs, like find projects that you really love and you believe in what they're trying to create because ultimately NFTs are just a manifestation of a technology. Once you actually understand the technology, you can predict the future. Until then you're just reacting and any trader that's reacting is going to lose. Well, I lied. Last question, real last question. You uh, have lost everything. You have restarting and you have a new job. And your new job is you are a fortune cookie writer. What is the first fortune you write in that first cookie? That's a brand new question for wow, me, by the way. I like that. That's, off, that's a pause off the cuff here with Tom. I like that. <laughs> I, I would write something that's nice and mysterious, but incredibly important, which is what you build your self-esteem around matters. If I love people it. people understand the answer to that question, it will change their life. Tom, thank you so much. Thank you, man. One foot in rising. <laughs> I got my elevator pitch in with the founder of Scoutable, Angela Anthony, and another new bestie in this textbook, Pause Off the Cuff, and maybe a new content series, Escalator Chats with the pause. Check it out. I'm with Angela Anthony. We're going to do the first ever podcast. While I'm waiting to do a proper podcast with her, we're going to just get her thoughts on um, VCon. Angela. Hey. Welcome to podcast Escalator Editions. We're going to try to do this before we get to the top. Yeah. What are your quick Angela, thoughts? I, I stopped talking when we get to the top. Hot take on VCon. <laughs> it's the best. We're having such a great time and there's such amazing people here. I'm really, uh, really impressed with Gary and what he did. Where do you think the next step is for Gary and the VFriends brand? I mean, I love his ambitious goal of being, you know, Disney with his characters. And so I think, you know, there's a lot to learn from the parallels and seeing what that progression was like and what all the new technology that exists today enables. Tell me a dirty joke. Um, I have nothing. Oh, and this is Escalator <laughs> Sessions and uh, we're out of here. What really makes VFriends special are the individual stories and this one hit home. As I was charging my phone upstairs and taking a quick two minute timeout, I met a really interesting and fascinating couple that shared their story around VFriends. And I really think this is what it's all about. The personal journeys and the ethos that Gary has created with these characters and what it means to so many and how they went about getting it. Check out this one. Hey, what's up everybody? It is now, God, what, what time is it? It is 3.40. We are on the main concourse, the activation level, and I'm meeting and greeting some new friends. Tell us, uh, tell me who you are, both of you. Uh, my name is Paul Adihara. This is uh, my wife. Lina. And uh, we live in the Bay Area, uh, Pacifica, about 10 minutes south of San Francisco, sorry. And uh, we do food vlogging. So we're, uh, we've got a good following on TikTok. 
and uh, 83,000 followers right now. Let's plug that quickly. Where can folks find you on TikTok? At the Fam Bam TikTok. D-A-A-F-A-M-B-A-M. -A -A oh, I'm going to show this to everybody. I'm going to take a picture. They have the cutest photo. Is that the Bay Bridge? Which, uh, a photo of them on the bridge with their TikTok. And uh, I'm going to share this with everybody in a little bit. So what brings you guys to VCon? Um, you know, I got, I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. Um, got my wife, my daughter into listening to him. My wife sells alcohol for a living. And what kind of alcohol? All of the above. Liquor, wine, all of it. So I've worked for, in the liquor wine industry for over 20 years selling alcohol. And I, and I first met Lina, I said, hey, what's your, eight years ago, I was like, what's your social? And she goes, I don't do social. And I was like, listen, there's this guy named Gary Vee who came up from my alcohol background and got on YouTube and um, he's kicking your ass and you've been in the industry, you gotta get on it, you gotta listen to this guy. But I've always uh, loved everything Gary Vee talks about and his whole personality. And, and you know, um, I, was a, uh, I was an orphan when I was eight years old. I was uh, homeless when I was 18 years old. And so for people like me who don't have families, um, it takes people like Gary Vee and his kind of um, appreciation for his father and his family and, you know, um, living that life gives people like me a lot of hope. That, 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 I mean, everyone listening, this is, this is a real impact. This is a real impact of what Gary's building. It's a real impact of VFriends. Tell us what's in your VFriends wallet. What are you guys holding? What do you have? V1, V2? What are you carrying? What are you packing? Uh, V1. We, we have the bashful blob because it looks like Paul. Yeah. She said the bashful blobfish look like me. The blobfish, I love that one. Okay. You can't see it. I'm gonna show everybody. Wait, wait. I'm gonna while I'm talking to these guys, I'm gonna take a picture. So, um, tell us what what does this fish mean to you? Like, did you go? Did you actively go after it? Uh, I well, periodically each day I was just looking for different um, bee friends, <laughs> and that day. And that day there was two of them, so I bought it immediately because I said it looked like Paul. Did you guys make that? Uh, no, not yet, but I want to, so. I, I, I love it. Um, so key takeaways um, from v, from VCon right here. What, what has, who has stood out to you from a speaker perspective? Um, from a speaker perspective, I want, I want to say Jesse. Oh, wait, dude. Blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. That was insane. Yeah, yeah, and and it, and it was just really um, heart touching. And, and oh. for me, you know, I, I I come from a different perspective. You know, I said I was an orphan. I don't have a father. I don't have a mother. Hearing all these people really credit their fathers and their families. I have a 13 and a half year old daughter. She lives with us. She's a stepmom. Really makes me realize, you know, I, I can't. The, the kids mean so much, you know, and hearing Gary and Jesse and all these people, you know, Lisa Leslie, everybody just talking about their parents, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like. How do you, I have a 10 year old daughter who I've gotten into NFTs and I met her hero, Nyla Hayes. We had dinner with Nyla Hayes, long neck ladies, everybody is out there. And I, she walks into the room, I'm like, I know you, I know you. And I like totally fangirled her, it was amazing. Um, does that NFT thing I find it with me? It's really bonding my daughter and I. It's bonding experience. Where I'm doing this with her and I'm learning with her. Yeah. Um, I don't force my daughter into the whole thing. You know, I, I she watches Gary Vee. She has his book, and, and that's a slow start. You know, she's still into video games. Um, one thing I don't want to do is force my daughter into anything. So I'm trying to get her into understanding the NFTs. You know, Linus 51 and I'm 47, and um, we were. Oh. <laughs> And we were sleeping during the age of the internet, you know? We didn't take it seriously, you know? And I, and I really don't want my daughter to miss out on that, you know? 
and, and, and that's the thing that's really interesting. I want to give my daughter every competitive advantage. She understands it. She loves it. She's creating on it. Um, I want you to leave us both. I'm going to ask you both this. What are you feeling right now in your heart from this event? Uh, meeting you and meeting, uh, you know, meeting Gary Vee and all these other people were great. But the, the truth is, I listened to him and that's, all, that's as close as I'm going to get to that. It's uh, you and everybody else here who's going to get us on our path uh, to starting a podcast, to, to building the foundation and the infrastructure of what's going to become. Because we're all doing it together right now and learning from each other and uh, networking. And, uh, you know, yeah. And this dude's got some badass ink on him, too. I love jellyfish. That's awesome. Um, you guys are incredible. This special VCon coverage episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at OneOf. Deeply committed to a sustainable blockchain future, OneOf is an NFT platform that supports NFTs on multiple energy-efficient blockchains to create sustainable, creator, and fan-friendly experiences. Minting an NFT on OneOf's platform uses up to 2 million times less energy than proof of networks, and for its users, purchasing NFTs costs $0 in blockchain gas fees. One of aims to bring the next 100 million non-crypto native fans into Web3 by removing the technical frictions and allowing fans to pay for their NFTs with credit and debit cards, as well as all major cryptocurrencies. Committed to diversity, over 80% of the collections featured on OneUp come from minority or female creators. In addition, OneUp donates portions of proceeds from every NFT collections to its artists and athlete partners' preferred charities. For more, please check out oneof.com. Thanks. Next up, we got a couple of OG Gary fans to get a quick boost on the ground temperature check at VCon, and I snagged them in the lobby of the W Hotel. Here's what they have to say. What's up, everybody? We are here. I set up a little shop here. I'm in the main concourse where all the activations are, and I'm just having chats with folks. Who am I talking to? Amit Magnesi. This is my name. From Israel, Tel Aviv. Emmanuel Perez. Uh, Virginia. Yeah, and what brings you guys to VCon? Well, um, at 2016, I met Gary. I saw a video of him online. It was like, uh, if you are 20 to 25, you got time. It's a very famous one. Yeah. And since then, uh, it's all history. I fell in love like with the content and whatever he does. I felt like uh, I'm getting educated by the social media or like the content he makes without like getting a, a, a real like a one-on-one -on -one mentorship i felt like it is very personal yeah what, what got you into the gary v uh, ecosystem so 2017 or 2018 one of my mentors and best friends sent me a video of him while gary's wearing like a, a red maroon shirt and cussing out this girl over an actual telephone call and it was about her going full entrepreneurship and she was debating some things and he was just being real and keeping it in a book. I was like, wow, like I've never seen this guy before. Like it's pretty unique. And since then, you know, I, I follow him, repost his content if it really resonates with me. And my cousin hooked me up with a free ticket to VCon about two months back. And I was like, wow, I was a volunteer. And he was like, you know what, cousin, we've worried about it. I got your free ticket. I was like, wow. It's about pay forward. And that's what this community um, it feels like. So do, do you have any V friends? Yeah, I'm a V friend since day zero. Like even got? before I got the V1, the gifted gopher, 
and an epic uh, profound possum. Um, I got uh, Like a Leopard Series 2 and Hotel Hyena Series 2. That's incredible. And what are, you, what, are you guys, what are you guys feeling right now? Like, what's the vibe? I think it's just the nature of three to just help other people. Everybody here I've met so far has been helpful and friendly. Um, people are very, yeah, people are just very friendly, willing to share their stories, how they got involved in the ecosystem. Just been good vibes overall. I think like Gary, everyone who follows Gary, he has like the top 10% of like self-awareness and uh, he brought all of us together. So it feels like kind of like heaven of communication and community and love. So for me, it's like the best place in the world to be, you know. I love it. And, and who's been your favorite speaker so far? Um, I really fell in love with uh, Jesse Eater. Man, that was like, wow, wow, wow. I literally cried. Mom, I literally cried. Jesse Eater as well. I caught the last 20 minutes of his speech, but I read, you know, his book about training, training with David Goggins. And after that, I saw him speaking here. I was like, yo, I got to see this guy speak. And him just being authentic about his experience. He's training with two Navy SEALs. He's gone a distance. And... It's like the proof is in the pudding. So getting him to speak from experience and seeing like, you know, I don't, I don't get tired and repeating that over and over again. Like you're literally creating your own luck. It's like, wow, I get to see that come full circle. So he's been my favorite speaker so far and I'm, I'm fulfilled. Awesome. Guys, enjoy, enjoy this. Live it up. Snoop Dogg, two o'clock tomorrow. Wrap this thing up. Pause out. And even when we were living the high life over at Manny's Steakhouse, we still got to sneak in our recorder and create a great conversation uh, came our way. And here I am getting the industry scoop from one of head of comms, Miss Jen Styles. Check it out. All right. So we're at Manny's Steakhouse. It's uh, Thursday night. The podcast special B-Con edition. I'm with Jen Styles from Jen. Tell us, tell us who you are, what you do. Hi, it's Jen. Um, I work for One Up. We're a music, sports, and lifestyle NFT platform on the Tezos and Polygon blockchain. I love it. And the conversation we're having right now is around why we're excited about this space. And we've been talking about that we're builders, we're doers. And the word that came, uh, who just left us mic here, is self-starters. Natural-born producers. We're natural-born producers. What, what brought you to the Web3 space? The innovation, also just the, the people. The people that are here, they just want to get shit done. Everybody wants to work. They want to build products, but they also want to collaborate with one another and find a beautiful product. So, so let me ask you, as someone who comes from corporate America, you've been in some of CNN, you've been around the block a few times, so to speak. <laughs> As we move from the Web 2 to the Web 3 space and we talk about building teams, what are some of your challenges? Let's talk about recruiting for a little bit in Web 3, of building your team out and hiring. Education. I think it's educating people on... Uh, there's so many people curious about Web3 and it's and it's educating them on you know what Web3 is like my friend Michelle Abs is creating uh, Web3 for women and Total Tribe is one of her her projects and I think it's beautiful we do these monthly women meetups and where women can come together they can get a, a basically a blockchain 101 course and really learn 
about uh, the blockchain, crypto, and Web3. I have to agree with you. I think education is one of the biggest gaps in this space, too, as we stare at a seafood tower for three here at Manny's in Minneapolis. According to Drew Austin, it's a uh, top five global steakhouse. We're going to find out in a little bit. International. We'll get to Blake tomorrow. But, Jen, who are you excited to hear most speak at VCon tomorrow? I'm going to have to say Gary. I mean, this is this is his thing. Um, I'm very proud of him and proud of his team. Avery's a dear friend of mine. I just think uh, Nick also, like... Nick Dio. Nick Dio. I'm very uh, proud of them, and congrats for getting us all to Minneapolis. I love it. And now we're here with our appetizers at our Seafood Tower for Three. Jen... Styles, thank you so much. Where can folks find you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more? They can find me on Insta and Twitter, Jen, J-E-N underscore S-T-Y-L-E-S. Time for the Seafood Tower. Pause out. I had to save a special podcast alumni spot for our final guest in the VCon series. You know him from episode 113. If you don't, please do yourself a favor and check this one out right now. Enjoy this conversations with Mr. Matt Higgins. We are back with podcast alumni, the man himself, Matt Higgins. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good to see you. It's great to meet in person. And people ask me all the time, they say, what is your favorite podcast that you've done on the podcast? And I consistently bring up our episode. I just want to thank you for being so open and candid and um, vulnerable, too. That actually means a lot to me. But now I need to know why. Why is it your favorite episode? Because I felt the most in my element because you brought that out of me. In that show, it was just something about the chemistry and dialogue that we had. I don't know if you want to go back to it one of these days and listen to it, but it was great. And sharing so much about your experience uh, with your mom around 9-11 and the World Trade Center. That was really special. You know, it's interesting. People ask me, why don't you do more podcasts? Why don't you do more this or that? And it's because it actually guts me. Like I leave gutted because I don't know how to do it any other way. And everything's still raw. And I prefer for it to remain raw because I, I do think... Those experiences are a gift because they make you so empathetic, but I can't do too many because it leave, I leave it all out on the field. And that's how I felt after you and I spoke. So I appreciate that it mattered because if it mattered to you, it must mean it mattered to somebody out there who is listening. And, and that's incredible, too. And, and a complete side note here. My mentor in recruiting, a gentleman by the name of Joe Mullings, he has a big recruiting practice uh, down in South Florida, MedTech. He introduced me to this concept called emotional agility where you don't have to go full 100% empathy, but agility, the ability to come down to a certain point. So you're actually helpful to a person in those times. Just an interesting concept that I started to process around a little bit. No, I like that idea because I, if you can't keep it together and everyone else's pain overwhelms you, you become, you're not productive and constructive. So I sometimes actually, when I talk about painful things, I carry a pin in my pocket and I poke myself when I'm about to speak about really painful topics so I could desensitize. I know that sounds completely nuts, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's my hack. I love it. So let's get into the world of NFTs. Um, who first introduced you to this world? What was your first exposure? Was it through Gary or was it through other channels? So I would love to act like I'm so brilliant and saw this coming. I did not. Gary called me last uh, March, probably. That was over a year ago and said, you got to come over to my house. I've had an epiphany. I've waited my entire life for this moment. My career has been building towards this. You need to open your phone, as Gary would do. And you need to buy these JPEGs. And uh, <laughs> they were CryptoPunks. And I thought it was completely asinine. And I wasn't about to spend tens of thousands of dollars on these JPEGs. And, and, I, and I said, look, I respect you. I defer to you, but it's not for me. And so therefore, you know, good luck. Three months later, it was like Pretty Woman when she walks out the store and she's like, big mistake. That's yeah. how I felt. Big mistake. I, I, I didn't pay attention to it. I was a quick learner, though, and I became a full degenerate very quickly. 
Um, so let's talk about, you know, from a VC perspective here, what do you think the biggest misconception or what are investors doing wrong in this space? <sighs> That's a good question. I don't know if it's so much about VC. I think everybody's everybody knows we're onto something seismic. Something amazing is happening underneath our feet, but we don't know where where it ends, right? And so there's a lot of spray and pray activity happening. You know, I'm not I'm not excluded because there it hasn't settled yet. So by definition, like you are making vets. I think a lot of people got overextended personally and professionally. And I think um, I think uh, we're in a little bit of a reckoning right now. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit of your first loss, it's fine. We'll edit that in a second. Let's talk about your first loss in this space, if you don't mind. You don't have to disclose what it was. But what did you learn from your first investing loss, if you've had one? I'm assuming you had one in the Web3 NFT space. It could have been just a you know an NFT that you purchased or an investment. Well, first of all, the entire thing has been a loss, like cumulatively. Yeah, I was going to say the last couple of weeks. So I don't want to purport or profess that I somehow you know have a magic eye. Uh, you know what it was? I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'll tell you the fact patterns. You um, you become enamored to a collection and you get sucked into the discord hopium where everybody's reinforcing each other. Where One of the things I think is very toxic about the space is that we call everything fun. And so if you try to bring some critical thinking to it, even though the, you don't even know who the founders are in some cases, they haven't been you know doxxed, like everyone shoots each other down as FUD. And I think that's actually really corrosive. And there are a lot of people who are trying to lend constructive, critical opinions. And so I have, I haven't necessarily fallen victim to that, but I have become a believer in the hype because I, I met saw a project early in a trend and didn't take the time to look at the competitors, right? So the number one thing I say to somebody, if you fall in love with a certain like a PDE game or a certain type of whatever project, spend the time to, look, to scan the horizon so that you don't fall in love prematurely. So I've taken some hits over that phenomenon, probably more than anything. The other thing is like in a real world, if you were up 25% on something in, in 48 hours, you would sell. And But people here are shaming each other into holding for dear life, which I also think is very toxic. You can't, you have to use your judgment. These are digital. Well, well, these are digital assets. You can rebuy them instantly. So if you sold- Pick them, it back up. That's what I was saying. So if you left a little 5% profit on the table, that's okay. So number one thing, big second biggest mistake I've made is, is, is holding on for dear life when I had a massive run up quickly. It happened to me with the ApeCoin. I bought in at nine and it was up to 25. And my friends are like, sell, sell, sell. And I'm like, hold. And now it's- I mean, I had that with CyberCongs. We'll talk about one collection. I do love CyberCongs, but like I, I had the I had the foresight to buy pretty early. Genesis one when bananas were, you know, spitting off fifty dollars a banana, and it was the the returns were insane from a, an ROI standpoint. But you have to remember, these are not stocks. They haven't. The space is not matured yet. These are fundamentally risky assets. And and you know, if you're in it, you have to ask yourself, why are you in it? If you're in it because you want to make a great return fast, when that return happens, make your return. Do it right. Execute on it. If you're in it. Because like you're, you know, you know, Gary and you love Gary and you want to support him. Okay. But be true to your intention. Don't lie to yourself. What I find people, they toggle between their rationalizations. First, you got in for the quick flip. Then the quick flip didn't work out. Now you're suddenly, now you're convicted. I've made that mistake too. Now you're you're just stuck holding the bag. Let's talk about uh, V friends. Was it that first conversation when Gary, we opened his phone or was it, you know, when he's like, I'm going to. I'm going to take pictures of my doodles and sell it. But it's a lot more than that. As we all found out like two hours ago, for those who did not know what his master plans are. Well, what's amazing about it all. Well, what I love about Gary is that he, uh, he constantly proves my ability to underestimate him, which is amazing because he's my brother and we've been partners for 10 years. And yet I still, so when we had dinner in March, uh, he 
laid out pretty much everything that's happened, including the idea of creating IP, including that he was going to go to Hawaii and he was going to work on the first collection. Here are my concepts. So the reality is I had all the perspective that everyone's learning about now, and I still did not act, which, and I share that with everyone to recognize, like, you want to keep audit, auditing your decision making, right? Like when you find people who are winners, you have to trust them. And just because this at first did not feel like it was for me, because I'm not a collector, that's why it didn't resonate. Cringing again, I'll tell you my story afterwards. Yeah, no, but I'm not a collector. So it didn't resonate, but it wasn't about whether I'm a collector, it's whether it would resonate with others. And so uh, the answer is this has always been a vision. <laughs> I, I, I love it. And it's amazing to watch Gary's journey and see these characters play out. We know he's deeply influenced by, by two incredible icons, Walt Disney and Vince McMahon. So it's interesting to see the dichotomy, the, the pull between the two of them. But, but I will say to folks, if you want to take I have a few learnings from the V Friend success, right? Number, Please. number, number one is the, the, the Gary believes in, you know, 4951, right? He always wants to make sure the value equation is tipped in the favor of anybody who supports him. And he has lived his life like that, right? So, so that requires who's ever at the top of the project has to be embracing this idea of returning value back to the community and not be lip service. So that's number one, show up and be ever, you know, present to build IP. If you really Really focus on building IP and you're not in for the quick flip. There's another project that I love. I'm not an investor. I own some. It's called Karafuru. And the founder is amazing. And he is building IP. He put on a carnival within two months of launching it. Like, focus on people who are building IP. When people throw around the word utility in this world, what is utility? What, what do you think the real value of utility is? Or is that the eye of the beholder? Is that subjective? Yeah, to me, honestly, the only place that the word utility has any context is in like, play to earn. And I do love play to earn. Uh, I think though it, that play to earn underestimates the power of collectibles. People buy things because they want to be part of a community and because they like the aesthetic and whatever other vibes and collectibles is very powerful. So this focus on utility should be focused on in places where the justification for the project is utility. So for example, Nifty League is a play to earn, play and earn that I love. But the utility is obviously that you're playing these characters at the end of the day, the art's great. So I think when they get muddled, it's like kind of throwing everything at it. I've come full circle on this. I think I love drift, for example. God, the utility is the man climbs up skyscrapers and takes gorgeous photos. And by the way, in by, 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 by three minutes, yeah, like when, like, the original minute closed like 12 o'clock, and I'm at 12 o'clock. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually I think utilities become a buzzword that is somewhat deceptive. At the end of the day, there are projects that have it and there are projects that don't, and they both have their place. But the, and it's interesting too because a lot of people talk about does it really need to have utility? Why can't I just collect it, the art? Are you talking about drift with the, with the beautiful insane photography and locations? Every does it have to have utility? Yeah, well, utility is a funny word because like isn't the uh, a, a joy and the emotion of being part of a great community utility? Like isn't that the greatest? Utility? This event is utility in the greatest scheme and community. If you want to lump in the other buzzword there, community that I want to, listen, a Discord is not a community in, like, in, in its purest form. A Discord, it's the people that make it up and the conversations and the value that's being exchanged. Right, I, I agree. So at the end of the day, that's become a buzzword, but I do think that we should we should include the word you know, utility and belonging, uh, the idea of belonging as part of utility. And there's the, we've gone too far in the other direction thinking like if we just make up some coins and, and, and slap utility on it, you know, the project has intrinsic value. It's not true. I love it. And Matt Higgins, I love those takes. A couple of quick personal questions here. Big plans for the summer? Oh, God, big plans for the summer. Spend time with my kids as much as possible and be out, be out Long Island uh, in the Hamptons. Love being out uh, on the beach. Uh, that's about it. I'm not too far away from on the South Shore of Merrick. So if I just go down to Jones Beach and I bang a hard left, I'll get to you uh, in a little bit there. Matt Higgins, what is your secret to a successful marriage? Oh, I love that question. Um, uh, uh, respect. 
and and flexibility. Like I, my wife, um, people say, oh, I want to thank my partner. <laughs> Without them, it wouldn't be possible. Like, no, it's actually true. Without my wife, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. I wouldn't be standing here talking to you right now without her who encouraged me to be here. And I think, I think respect is very corrosive and you start treating your partner as if, you know, you could take them for granted and you should never take anyone for granted. I love it. And last but not least, I mean, I've asked you all the go-to podcast questions because as I always said, you are one of my favorite guests that I've had. You decided to give it all up, all the success that you have. And you said, you know what? I've always had a passion to be a fortune cookie writer. That's really what I want to be doing in my life. What is that first fortune you write? Oh, so I'm writing a fortune? Uh, so I'm a fortune cookie writer. Fortune cookie fortune writer. Right. And what would be the... Uh... First. These are new podcasts okay. off the cuff yeah, questions. Right, so it's delayed now. I was giving the guests a minute to think. <laughs> uh, present pain is a, produ- is a predictor of future pleasure. Well, let's open up that fortune cookie for a second there. What do you mean? I mean that that the failure you have today will be the linchpin of your successful next move. So, for example, everybody out there who got wrecked by this mini correction, you, there are incredible learnings that you're going to extract from it. And that will be the linchpin of how you exponentially succeed on your next move. So, And I really believe that. So to simplify, present pain is a predictor of future pleasure. And you need to pivot from a capitulation mindset to a capitalization mindset. That was a long fortune. Matt Higgins, thank you so much for joining me today. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you think I'd not get a moment in with the man himself? I did. But unfortunately, I was unable to get a proper interview, but I was able to have a moment with Gary, and I apologize in advance. I didn't have my equipment on me. It's a whole story, but we spent some really quality time together. So please enjoy this really special tender moment caught very late Saturday afternoon. Uh, We pulled the audio from a small video clip, and I apologize again, but you'll get the gist here. And it was just an incredible moment just taking it all in with Gary Vaynerchuk. Enjoy. Dude, I'm here with Gary. You guys might know this guy, but uh, I gotta tell you something. I'm insanely, insanely proud of you. Like, this, 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 this is everything. I'm missing your chapter. And uh, one question for you What do you want everyone to walk out of here feeling in their heart? You know me, you know me really well compared to most people. I only want it. I can make it real simple. I want people to leave happier than they came. Whether they learned something, whether they one friend, whether they got something out of the system that they needed to, anything that is a plus positive on their soul is by fucking KPI with B friends, as Gary Vaynerchuk, as Gary B. And that's just how I move. That's that's my framework for life. Andrew. My wife Andrew. loves you, man. Her name's Alona. Alona. I'm like this. I mean, I don't know how I would come to VCon with my OG Sherpa, Chris Adamo here. We're standing here. It's like 530. It's been a whirlwind of a couple of days. We're standing here on the um, uh, end zone. There's the end zone section over here. And I wouldn't be in this world without Chris. I would not be in this world without Chris. He's been my Sherpa. He's shown me the way. He's been incredible. He introduced me to so many amazing people. Chris, what are, you, what are your thoughts over the last fucking 48 hours? This has been the most pleasant, pleasant weekend I've had in a long pleasant. time. So pleasant. Everyone I've met here has been like my homies that I haven't seen in real life ever. And it's been like, everyone's just like, it's, it's like a reunion, right? It feels like camp reunion. And everyone's like, yo, what are we doing next? 
keep in touch. See you and see you next summer. You next yeah, summer. <laughs> it's like camp. Gary V summer camp. <laughs> v camp. V camp. V camp is definitely coming in the next couple of years. He did that. Tobacco Vader Media. He had V camp. He used to do that thing too. Um, I mean, like PT hot take. Vcon hot take. This shit is way over my expectations. I feel like it's over delivered in every way. People I got to like make like real long term friendships with. Epic, epic. People here are just like wonderful. That's what it's all about, the people. So Chris, you, I mean, you are Mr. Conference, especially down in Miami, you've been to it. But what, what makes this different? It really feels like just everyone is here to like, is like in a one direction thinking of like, we all want everyone to like, to, to like succeed. And like with that positivity, you can do anything in life. Oh man, Vicon, I, 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 I love you. Gary, what you've done. What? What do you say to anybody out there who is a Gary hater? What would you say to them? And you're not trying to like convince them. And you don't want to convert everybody because it's okay. People are going to hate him. But like, what would you say to them? I would say to open your mind and really just practice what, you know, we feel preaching is the golden rule. Treat other people as you want to be treated. And that's what Gary does, man. He's, he wants you to win. And if you don't believe that, you know, just come to VCon and check out yourself. Gary really, really wants you to win. And just a testament to what Gary's doing. He's probably spent a total of about, I'd say almost 17, 18 hours committed to the selfie line, <laughs> making sure that he connects with everybody and takes a selfie at a photo because he fucking genuinely cares. Who does that? I don't know. Final thoughts. VCon 2022. One word. Awesome. All right. There you have it. Chris Adamo himself. Go back to the hotel. It is nap time, people, before the evening activities, which will not be broadcast on the podcast. Pause out. No one, especially me, had any idea of what VCon was going to be, what the experience is, or anything about it. And it was honestly beyond anything I could have ever expected. 8,000 people filled with energy and positivity, all fueled by Gary's true entrepreneurial spirit that brought VFriends to life this weekend. And I'm grateful to have people like Gary, Claude Silver, Maha, Zach, D-Rock, and the Vayner family on my side. Incredibly appreciative of all you guys. And thank you to all the new friends I made that weekend and the conversations and experiences that I will cherish forever. This, folks, this is what Web3 is all about, the people. And I don't care what anyone has to say. This is real and this is life-changing. And I truly hope that you enjoyed these two episodes as much as I enjoyed making them. And a huge shout-out to my producer, Chris, for all of his hard work on this special episodes and all of the podcast shows Guys, you know where to find out more, thepodcast.com. Follow us on all the social media channels. Remember, take care of each other, look out for one another, and catch us next week for another great episode of The Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.